Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, oven mitt, right-hand gal, and co-host on the show. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we know it will use pepper, mayonnaise, sriracha, lettuce, and tortilla chips. It's day two of Tortilla Chip Week. That's right. Today, we have a crunchy round of tricky trivia, followed by a budding building conversation in Ask a Grown-Up. And Andrea is back to finish off the episode with a round of how-to time. Ah, I can't wait. I brought a special surprise to celebrate Tortilla Chip Week, too. Oh, really? What is it? I'll show you right after the theme song. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. Bet that pricked your interest. (laughs) Mystery Recipe. So, Mitzi, what is this special surprise you are talking about? Ready? Ta-da! I brought sombreros for everyone to wear! Ah! Oh, look at that. A sombrero, listeners, is a big, wide-brimmed hat that people in Mexico used to wear in the early 1900s. Hello? Susie, perfect timing! Here's your sombrero. Sombrero? Yep. Since it's tortilla chip week and tortilla chips were originally from Mexico, I thought we could wear sombreros for this episode to celebrate. Oh, that's one way to celebrate, I guess. Uh, what's the matter? You and Molly don't seem quite as excited as I am to celebrate tortilla chip week. Well, I am actually super excited to celebrate tortilla chip week. I'm just not totally clear on how these hats do that. Well, uh... They're sombreros. Right. And sombreros are from Mexico. Mitzi, what else do you know about sombreros, other than the fact that they're from Mexico? Well, they are hats, and they cost me 13 bucks each, but uh, I guess that's all I know. I think there's lots for us to discuss here. Don't worry, all good and helpful things, of course. But what if we started with some research? How about you go and learn about the history of the sombrero while Susie and I get started on our first segment? Sound like a plan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I get to learn about hats, one of my favorite subjects. Hey, Susie, can I borrow that book you're always reading, the Wikipedia? The encyclopedia? Yes, of course. It's on my desk. Thanks, Susie. And thanks, Molly. I'll be back with a sombrero full of understanding in no time. Have a good Tricky Trivia! Thanks, Mitzi. You heard her, Susie. It's time for Tricky Trivia. In Tricky Trivia, listeners, I'm going to give Susie a fact about our ingredient theme, and you have to help her guess if it's true or false. Are you ready to play? Super duper ready! All right, here's your first one. We learned last season that corn, and in turn corn tortillas and tortilla chips, can come in different colors. Right! White, yellow, and blue. 
Exactly. Thank you, Susie. But true or false, Susie, the color is not the only difference here. Blue tortilla chips have different nutritional values than white ones. So, Susie, is this true or false? Is the nutritional value of blue tortilla chips different than white tortilla chips? Hmm, well, let's see. This one does feel super tricky, Molly. They are obviously different in some ways because they are visibly very different colors. In my experience, those types of differences matter, especially when it comes to food. If the colors are different in these types of chips, I bet there are more differences too. So for those reasons, I'm going to guess that this one is true? Correct. Nicely done, Susie. Blue corn tortilla chips are made up of slightly different things than white ones. A 2007 study from the Society of Chemical Industry... Ah, no way! I love them! Really? OMG, are you kidding? A global network of innovators formed in 1881 by prominent scientists, inventors, and entrepreneurs of their day in order to, and I quote, further the application of chemistry and related sciences for the public benefit? Like, yes, please. Right. Well, they released a study in 2007 that shows that blue tortilla chips had less starch than white ones and 20% more protein. All right. Excellent deduction skills there, Susie. Are you ready for your next question? Super ready. All right. True or false? Tortilla chips can only be made with corn tortillas. So, Susie, is this true or false? Can tortilla chips only be made with corn tortillas? Hmm. Good question, Molly. But I'm pretty sure I know the answer. What do you think at home, young chefs? There was one word Molly used in the question that made the answer pretty obvious to me. Can you guess what word I'm thinking of? For me, I knew that the answer to this question was false when Molly said the word only. Very good, Susie. The answer is false. Only, always, never. Those are examples of big words that make it pretty easy to know that this must not be true. There are so many possibilities for ingredients when making anything. To think tortilla chips could only be made from corn tortillas is pretty unlikely. Well, you nailed this one, Susie. There are different types of tortilla chips. Although corn tortilla chips might be the most popular and the kind we recommend for our season finale cook-along, tortilla chips are commonly made from flour tortillas, too. There are also multigrain tortilla chips, grain-free tortilla chips, even sea salt cactus tortilla chips. Sea salt cactus? Are those? That's right. Tortilla chips made from cactus instead of corn. Um, where can I try those? Sounds super delicious. Those seem to have pricked your interest, huh, Susie? (laughs) Nicely done, Molly. All right, we have time for one more question. Are you ready for your next one? You know it. True or false, the Guinness World Record for largest plate of nachos is a plate of nachos the size of a football field. So, Susie, true or false, was the largest plate of nachos ever the size of a football field? Wow. That sounds like you'd need a small army in order to eat that many nachos. Or maybe a couple teams of super-duper hungry football players? 
I always hear of giant things being described as the size of a football field. I feel like that would be an easy way to make some giant nachos. So, for those reasons, I'm going to say true. Oh, sorry, Susie. The answer to this question is actually false. The world record for the largest plate of nachos was made inside a football stadium, but it was not the full size of the football field. Ah, that makes sense, actually. A football field is really big. Right. This plate of nachos was still enormous, though. The University of Kansas set the record for the world's largest plate of nachos on April 21st, 2012. The plate was 80 feet long, which is like two telephone poles laying end to end, two feet wide, and had a 10-inch deep pile of chips on it, which broke the record by weighing in at nearly 5,000 pounds. That's about as heavy as an adult rhinoceros. Jeez Louise, that's a lot of chips. <laughs> 600 pounds of tortilla chips to be exact. They also used 860 pounds of nacho cheese, 600 pounds of fresh salsa, tomatoes and cilantro, 860 pounds of beef, 1,200 pounds of beans, and 315 pounds of jalapenos. Those must have packed a punch and a lot of to-go containers. I'd say. Well, Susie, amazing job at Tricky Trivia today, as always. Thanks, Molly. Two out of three is all right by me. Doc, doc. Hey, Mitzi. Hello. How was Tricky Trivia? Um, pretty amazing. Did you know they make tortilla chips from cacti? Do they really? Bet that pricked your interest. <laughs> Already beat you to that one. Sorry, Mitzi. Eh, that's okay. I should have assumed you would. Low-hanging fruit, as they say. Anyhoodle, I learned a ton about sombreros. Want to hear? We'd love to, Mincy. <clears throat> the sombrero is a broad-brimmed, high-crowned hat made of felt or straw, worn especially in Spain, Mexico, and the southwestern United States. Its name comes from the Spanish word sombra, which means shade, and it first appeared in the 15th century. In Mexico, the brim of the sombrero could be as much as two feet wide. Wow. Nowadays, sombreros are worn by mariachi musicians, a type of traditional Mexican music group, and charros, which are horseback riders who perform tricks and routines on horseback. Huh. The more you know. So... Mitzi, now that we know a little bit about sombreros, do you think they were a good way to celebrate Tortilla Chip Week? No, I definitely see what you're saying, Molly. Sombreros have nothing to do with the history of tortilla chips as Totopos in Mexico. Unless we were celebrating the rich musical history of mariachi or the farming history of Mexico, the sombrero is a bit random. Not only is it random, Mitzi, but it can sometimes be harmful. A sombrero is a stereotype of Mexican culture that a lot of people in the U.S. wear as a costume. It's an example of something called cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation? Uh, that sounds bad. It is something that's helpful to learn about and try to avoid. Cultural appropriation is when people use objects or elements of someone else's culture in a way that doesn't respect its original meaning, give credit to their source, or reinforce stereotypes or harmful ideas. The sombrero, for example, turns Mexican culture into a sort of costume, and one that doesn't actually make a ton of sense. 
Oh, well, that was not my intention, of course. Of course, which is why we're talking about this and learning about cultural appropriation together. What are some other examples of cultural appropriation that you know about, Molly? Well, things like wearing a kimono, an indigenous American headdress, or wearing your hair in cornrows can all be examples of cultural appropriation, if they are done without respect or understanding of the cultures they come from. So if we want to avoid cultural appropriation, what's the opposite? What do we want to do? Well, what you actually just did, Mitzi, going to learn the actual history of whatever culture or idea we want to celebrate. Some people might call this cultural appreciation, and cultural appreciation is great. It's wonderful to share ideas with other cultures from around the world or from history, and doing so with the intention of learning and honoring everyone involved is a wonderful thing to do. I love that. I want to practice some cultural appreciation then. Well, you wanted to celebrate Tortilla Chip Week, right? Maybe by learning about the indigenous peoples who first started making totopos, we can do just that. What do you say, Susie? I know you are a research expert. Want to go help me learn about the Zapotec people in Mexico? I would love to, Mitzi. Let's go check the Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia? Yes. Whoa, hey, friends. Easy there. Ah, hi, Jim. Sorry, gotta go. Off to practice some cultural appreciation. See ya. Have fun. Hi, Molly. Hi, Chad. How's it going? Doing great. I am so excited to share today's Ask a Grown-Up segment with our listeners. So am I. What are we learning about today? Today, we're going to talk to Dami Lee about how to design the perfect plate of nachos. Dami is an architect, and so she's going to talk to us a little bit about shapes, about different layers, and what it means to be an architect. Sounds like it's going to shape up to be an excellent segment. Nice. But before we get to Ask a Grown-Up, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. Kroger's pickup and delivery options make it easy to have grocery shopping be one less thing on your to-do list. To order a grocery delivery, you can shop online for the products you need and get them on your doorstep the same day. Planning ahead? You can also choose a date and time that works for you. Or try their pickup service and pick up your order at the store you choose. Kroger Associates will even bring out your purchases and load them into your car. It's great. Available in appropriate markets only. Find out more by going to Kroger.com today. I want to tell you about our sponsor, Driscoll's. Driscoll's berries are sweet snacks worth sharing straight out of the clamshell. I told my daughter, Olive, all about them while we snacked on some Driscoll's blackberries. What do you think? Do you think those berry innovators did a good job of making sweet and delicious berries? Yes, a lot. Do you think that's a job you would want to have one day? Maybe. I'll decide when I grow up. You love the berries more than I love the berries? I don't know if that's possible. It is. I know it is. The sweetness isn't just inside these Driscoll's blackberries. It's also in the moments they help make. To discover where you can buy berries worth sharing, head to driscolls.com slash ATKKids. That's driscolls.com slash ATKKids. And we're back. And so is our friend and producer, Chad. 
Hello. So, Chad, let's talk about designing the perfect plate of nachos. Yes, let's. So, Molly, when I heard we were covering tortilla chips this week, I thought that this could be our chance to finally do some good in the world with our show. Sure, we instill positive moral values and we help listeners learn how to be kind and love their neighbors, but that's not really useful. Practical knowledge, you know? I wanted to finally focus on something that will make our listeners' lives better now, today. And so, I wanted to find out how to design the perfect plate of nachos. It's no small question. It is no simple quest. And I knew I needed to enlist the help of a professional. But not a chef, not a recipe developer, or even a home cook. No, I wanted to think bigger. I thought we should reach out to someone who designs things for a living. Big things, like buildings. I wanted to talk to an architect. So, I reached out to Dami Lee. Yeah, so I am a recently licensed architect. I live in Vancouver, BC, in Canada. So I work on buildings for the public, so like libraries or community centers or swimming pools. I also work on buildings that are like restaurants or um, stores or clothing stores. And I also have a YouTube channel where I talk about um, architecture and design and creativity. I started off easy by asking Dami to tell us a little bit more about what it means to be an architect. Um, In the simplest sense, an architect designs and builds buildings. But enough small talk. I came here with a purpose, and so I got right down to asking the important, hard-hitting questions. Well, like we talked a little bit about, it is Tortilla Chip Week on our show. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to talk to an architect about building the perfect plate of nachos. Mm -hmm. Um, And so first off, do you like nachos? I love nachos. (laughs) Good. An excellent start. But anyone can be a fan of nachos. I needed someone with vision, someone with a plan. I think before you start building your nachos, you might want to take a look at all the materials you have. All right. I'll bite. So do you have cheese? Do you have olives? Do you have green onions or chopped tomatoes? And you might want to do some planning first. So look at all the ingredients you have and maybe instead of pouring the entire bag of chips on a plate, maybe you want to like take a minute and assess and see like, do I really have all the toppings I want? Now we are really getting somewhere. I pressed on. Well, let's talk about the chips because we already mentioned those. I want to talk about chip shapes. Mm. I know that shapes are very important in building and with architecture. Mm. With chip shapes, we have a couple options. Mm. The ones that I see the most, we have circles, Mm. we have triangles, and we Mm -hmm. have those little scoops. They look like the little cup chips. Mm. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From an architect's perspective, like what? is going to be our optimal nacho chip shape? Hmm. I think I would have to say the triangle because I think, well, in terms of building it, I feel like it might be a little difficult to get the kind of density you want with the scoops. I feel Mm -hmm. like there'll be a lot of air. And in terms of eating, like the triangle is just like the perfect shape for putting it in your mouth because you can put in the narrow corner first and then you kind of like 
taken the the wide corners at the end. I, personally, I would say the triangle. Yeah, I think some of the best foods ever are triangles. Mm. Like pizza, I'm just thinking slices, but pie and cake, all triangles. Mm, that's true. So we have our blueprint. We have our triangular chips. It's time to break ground on this perfect plate and start construction. Or how, how are you going to start building this plate? Would you start with the chips? Yeah, I think I would definitely start with the chips as the foundation. And so maybe you'd want to spread out a nice even layer at the bottom. And before you pour on the entire bag of chips, I would sprinkle on some cheese and a little bit of ingredients in that layer first. And then you start to build it up from there. Smart. Show some restraint and let that melting cheese act like a cement in our nacho foundation. So we have our materials. We've started construction. Now it's time to really bring in the design. I think um, symmetry is something that is, it's universally appreciated. And it's something that humans just have a natural tendency to gravitate towards. And so... I think building up the plate of nachos in a way that looks very even on all sides and like heavier at the bottom and lighter at the top would not only make it look good, but I think it will make it taste even better. Amazing. So something that's heavier on the bottom and lighter at the top might be like a pyramid or like an ice cream sundae. It sort of builds up to a point almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, we have built our plate of nachos, but where am I going to go to get my first bite? Am I going to take a chip from the middle? Do I take a chip from the side or the bottom? How do I start? Um, I think this is the benefit of having the layers on your nachos. You can kind of start from anywhere. You don't have to just start from the top. And, you know, I like to evenly distribute my enjoyment in the plate of nachos. You know, it's always such a disappointing one when you get to the bottom and there's like nothing left. And so you're saying I can craft every bite as I go and make sure I don't, you know, eat all the meat right away. So I want to make sure there's some left for the last bite too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Very important. Good good nacho advice there. Good nacho advice indeed. So, we have triangular chips, some chips and cheese to make a solid foundation, our heavy on the bottom, light on the top pyramid of perfect nachos with somehow only one cheese, and meat and beans are on the side. What's next? Once you build it up, I think um, just enjoying it and sharing it with your friends and and um, appreciating the hard work that you did. <laughs> and there you have it. It feels good to make a difference, Molly. feels good to make a difference. Grown-ups, if you want to hear more about Dami and learn about architecture and design, then you should check out her fantastic YouTube channel by going to youtube.com slash Arc. That's youtube.com slash D-A-M-I-L-E-E-A-R-C-H. Back to you, Molly. Thanks so much, Chad, and thanks to Dami as well. Molly, hi! I brought Andrea with me. Andrea passed me and Mitzi doing our Zapotec appreciation research and reminded me that we have a segment to do. That's right. It's time for how-to time. 
Every week, our friend Andrea is going to teach Susie something new to up her arsenal of kitchen skills. Andrea is a test cook here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. So, Andrea, what are you and Susie going to be working on today? Well, for Tortilla Chip Week, I'm going to teach Susie how to crush things in a Ziploc bag. Oh, wow, that's, um... Wait, quick question. Crush things in a bag? What does that have to do with cooking? It does sound a little strange, doesn't it? Also, crush, like, what exactly? The competition, our hopes and dreams, reps at the gym? I suppose I should have specified that we will be learning how to safely crush ingredients in a Ziploc bag. Sometimes a recipe calls for ingredients to be ground or broken into very small pieces. Things like nuts for a topping or graham crackers for a cheesecake crust. We've even chopped chocolate this way. You can usually use a spice grinder or a food processor to do the job, but not everyone has those, and sometimes you just don't want to get out an appliance if you don't really need to. So today, I'm going to teach you how to crush ingredients into teeny tiny pieces using just a plastic bag and a rolling pin. Well, I guess that sounds about right. Let's do it. That's the spirit. Okay, if you'll step over here to the counter, I have everything we need to test out this week's technique. A large zipper lock bag, a rolling pin, and this week's ingredient, tortilla chips. I'm super duper excited to try this. Should I just put the chips in the bag and whack away? Let's go! Hang on there, Susie. Put the rolling pin down. There is a method to this madness. Firstly, it's important to close the bag and press any excess air out of it before we get to crushing. If you seal the bag with a bunch of air in it and then whack it with a rolling pin, it might pop like a balloon and make a mess. How do I get the air out? After you put the chips or nuts or whatever you're crushing into the bag, seal it most of the way, but leave a little bit open near the corner. About an inch is just fine. Then lay the bag down on the counter and use your hands to gently press the air out. You won't be able to get it all out, but as long as the bag is mostly flat, you should be fine. Once you've done that, you can finish sealing the bag and we'll be ready to crush. Oh, that's easy. No problem for me. Seal it up. Press, press, press the air out. <laughs> it's making a squeaky sound. Finish sealing. And done. I'm ready. Great job. Now to crushing. Depending on your recipe and what the results you want are, you can do this in a couple of different ways. If you want your ingredients to be crushed finely, like cornflakes for breading or graham crackers for a crust, you should press the rolling pin back and forth over the zipper lock bag until they are broken into very small pieces. Fine in this case means very, very small. Got it. And if you want larger pieces, like crushed candy chunks or chocolate bits, you should use your rolling pin to gently pound or hit down on the ingredients until they're the right size. Chunks are larger pieces. Got it. I think rolling would be better for these chips. I don't think I want to make chip chunks. We want chip powder. Good thinking, Susie. Chips are already like chunks, so there's no point in making larger pieces. We're gonna make sure these chips are crushed finely. Do you wanna give it a try? Super duper do. Okay, let's give this a roll.
Look at that! It's almost like a powder! And we didn't even have to plug anything in. That's great! Thanks, Andrea! Anytime, Susie. Now I think I'm going to go back to the kitchen and make some onion dip. Save some for me, please! Thanks again, Andrea. Molly! Susie! Hey, Mitzi. Welcome back. Thanks so much. All right, are you ready for some well-researched appreciation? Mitzi, those are literally my three very favorite words in the whole world. <laughs> All righty. So, the Zapotec people are from the Oaxaca area of central Mexico and date back as far as the 6th century BCE. That's about 600 years before the year one. That's right. Long time ago. Though the Zapotec people are still around today, which is pretty incredible. Cosijo was the lightning and rain god of the Zapotec civilization. He was the Zapotec people's most important religious figure. Cosijo's appearance is sort of like part human, part jaguar, part serpent. His eyebrows are said to depict the heavens. Much like mine. And his lower eyelids represent clouds. His forked serpent's tongue represents a bolt of lightning. And Cosijo was believed to have created the universe with his breath. Wow. All I can do with my breath is clear a room. <laughs> the Zapotec people also developed a calendar to track time long before many other cultures did, as well as an early writing system or alphabet. And the Monte Alban site, which they built, is still around today. Amazing, and what a way to honor the Zapotec people by telling our listeners all about them. Yes, this was so interesting and fun to learn about. I highly recommend it, listeners. There's this really great book called the Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. Yes, that. They have a little bit of everything in there. I highly recommend giving it a read. Couldn't agree more. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. We'll be back soon with more scoopable content. We've got some loud science in our pressing question segment, followed by something relaxing in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll use all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe. Can you guess what it is yet? Ah! If you love mystery recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Or feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. Me specifically. We also love you if you don't leave us a review. Me specifically. Until then. Keep, keep on, on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum. And I am a Sour Patch Kid. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He's a peanut butter cup. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a lemon meringue pie. Andrea Vavjin is a Biscoff cookie, and Katie O'Hara is a chocolate brownie cookie, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik, strawberry shortcake, and Matt Boynton, an orange creamsicle, of ultraviolet audio. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a key lime pie. Our director of post-production is Ken Margolis. She's a cannoli. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is a chocolate lava cake. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a lattice-top peach pie. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's chocolate avocado pudding. 
Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, associate art director, Gabby Hamanoff, senior editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger, test cooks, Andrea Vavjan and Cassandra Laughlin, and assistant test cook, Kristen Bango. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Brianna Maya. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kits. There is seriously so much good stuff in this book, Susie. Seriously, there's like everything in here. That's sort of the point. Like, did you know that people were wearing things like shoes to protect their feet as early as 50,000 years ago? I did not know that. Or that the word dinosaur comes from the Greek words terrible lizard. I'm sure they're not all terrible. You're right. Many were not terrible at all. It says here some were only the size of rabbits and many others were vegetarian, meaning they just munched on plants all day. Yeah, I love this book, the Encyclopedia. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.